Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Thank you, thank you so much. And by the way, I love the energy of today. Come on, somebody. I love your guys' energy. You guys are excited and expectant. Awesome. Uh, uh, it was a little hard for my wife and I. And by the way, I just, I don't, I don't know where my dog, or she's right there in the back. I just want to publicly uh, just praise my wife for how awesome and amazing she is and how grateful. Uh, uh, I, I didn't finish why, but that's awesome. Uh, uh, how, we're, we're very blessed to have someone like my Pastor Kareen in this church. And yesterday I was just praising her and said, honey, Man, Hope and I are so blessed just to have you in our life. And I know I'm getting points, and that's for later, and that's okay. But, it, but it's, it's the truth, honestly. This morning, my, my daughter decided to get up at, what, 4 o'clock and say, I'm awake and I'm not going to bed, all right? And I'm just so proud of my wife. She's took care of her, you know, nurtured her, and then led worship. Come on, somebody, all right? Powerfully, all right? So amazing, amazing, amazing. God, thank you so much, wife. Love you. We love you very much. And while we're at it, why don't we give an amazing hand to Pastor Ronnie and Pastor Kareem for preaching the word the last two weeks, all right? Thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. We love you guys so much, and we honor you. And um, we believe in women in ministry at this church. Um, if you have questions about questions about that, you can ask me later, but uh, I'm a big believer in the Bible. I've studied the Bible, have a degree in theology and biblical studies, and I'm hopefully pursuing a master's degree in theology, maybe at Talbot University soon. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. All right. But let me tell you, you don't need an education to, to teach the Bible. But for me, I, I find it very significant to surround myself with wisdom so that I can teach what the Bible actually means to say. I don't want to come up here and tell you what I think it says. I want to come in, up here and tell you what God is saying. Come on, somebody. What God is saying to your life, what God is saying about our nation, or God is saying about, because I believe in prophecy, and I believe a lot of people at my age are saying, what's the point of church, man? That's old. That's for my grandparents or my parents. I don't see any relevance, but the Bible to me is as relevant as ever. We're dealing with issues today that people need hope in. Come on, somebody. And this is the solution. Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. Oh, come on, somebody. It reformed my life, transformed me, and I met, I've just, God has used my brokenness to touch people. Come on, somebody. So I believe in that, all right? So um, um, I lost my spot. I don't know where I was going with that. It's not in my notes. But anyway, hey, I'm so excited to be preaching to you uh, this morning. Um, thanks. To, I'm so grateful for the rest. Uh, by the way, stick around for our series and starting next week on prayer. The Lord um, has for some time said, I know we are coming off a uh, time of fasting and praying, but for some time the Lord has shared with me, Michael, I want you to teach my church about prayer. And let me just give you a little snapshot of what I'll be teaching about. Do you know that we do not wrestle or war with the flesh and blood? Come on, somebody. We don't do our fighting with flesh and blood. When you're, saying, when you're fighting with your husband, let me tell you, you're not just fighting with your husband. When you're fighting with your coworkers or your bosses, you're not just fighting with them. Let me tell you, but principalities and unseen places in the spiritual realm. There are demons in this, in this world. Come on, somebody. All right? And there are spirits, all right, that control our thoughts. So I'll be talking about prayer in that regard and just how God wants to have a, a unity with us. God loves us so much. I think about my daughter and me. I love my daughter. Every morning I get up and I hold her in my arms and I look at her beautiful green eyes and say, I love you, baby. Oh, come on, somebody. God loves you so much. He wants to have a relationship through you. Through, with you through prayer. So I'll be teaching powerfully about that. We'll be sharing some testimonies. So stick around for that. How many of you can, you can use some teaching on prayer and in your life? Come on, somebody. All right. So we're going to be talking about that as well. I'm really excited to be teaching that next week. And I'm so excited 
to be teaching this morning. So by tradition, can you stand with me as we go uh, and read the Word of God? How many excited and are ready for a good word? You need a good word this morning? All right. So hey, um, let me just share it with you. I don't know what you stand for in your life, but there's nothing greater that you will stand for than the name of Jesus. And there's nothing greater that you'll stand for than standing on His Word. Oh, come on, somebody. So that's why we stand. In fact, I remember going to um, uh, Bible school, and at 7 a.m. was my first class, and we were, like, we were not ready to learn at 7 a.m., okay? But my, my teacher would say, hey, we're going to change our posture before the living God. So what he would have us do is he would stand up when we prayed every, before every class. Oh, come on, somebody. We'd pray before every class before we decided to learn. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're standing for the Word of God. So I've been in chapter... I've been in Exodus. Say Exodus. All right. I've been in Exodus. Exodus is a wonderful book. It's part of the Pentateuch. All right. The the big five books of the Bible. And I'm going to be teaching this morning on uh, chapter 7, verse 1. And it says this. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of... In in the Hebrew, phonetically might sound like this. Sheen. Not sin. It sounds like sin, but it's it's not a reason sin, but it's not. It might sound like sheen, or it might could be a short shortage of, of Sinai because they're by Sinai, all right, of sheen, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. I love this. This is a little snapshot of you following the Holy Spirit in your life. That God is guiding you from place to place in your spiritual walk, just as Moses was led by the Lord in, in the encampment of Israel to place to place, all right? They camped at Rephidim, say Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So they quarreled with Moses and said, Moses, give us water to drink. Moses replied, why do you quarrel with me? Now watch this. Why do you put the Lord? Why do you put the Lord? Say this one more time. Why do you put the Lord to the test? Say test. Come on, somebody. Isn't that good? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people... Uh, were thirsty. They were. This is my best impression. <laughs> Actually, I'm a little thirsty. <laughs> they were thirsty. They were. Thank you so much. They were thirsty. They were parched. In some regards, they were going days without water. All right. They were thirsty for water. Let me just share a snapshot with you before I preach. We'll continue on. What are you thirsty for this morning? Are you thirsty for a little bit of joy? Are you thirsty for a little bit of, of redemption or redeeming in the Lord? Are you, are you thirsty for some grace this morning? I want to let you know that Jesus Christ can quench every thirst that you have this morning. Amen? So, so they were thirsty for water there. And they grumbled against Moses. All right? Let me just, if you want to go places in your life, if you want to go places in your life, let me just share this with you. Being a problem spotter is being a Captain Obvious. Knowing that the copy machine is broken is being, okay, Captain Obvious, we all knew the copy machine was broken. But let me tell you, problem solvers go places and problem spotters go nowhere. So in your life, I I want you to challenge you this morning to, to get up in the morning, go to work, and be a problem solver, not a problem spotter. Because problem solvers get places. They get opportunities. Their character is, is, is developed, all right? So they're being problem spotters, all right? They said, why did you, watch this, why did you bring us up out of Egypt? Wow. Why? Really? Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and our livestock die of thirst? Verse 4, then Moses cried out to the Lord. What a good, you know, G- uh, Moses is a, type of, is a type of Jesus here. He's interceding for the people, all right? He's standing in the gap for the people. So, so uh, verse, where did I go? 4, then Moses cried out to the Lord. What am I to do 
with these people. Remember, Moses used to say, my people. But when they're acting up, these people. You know what I'm saying? When the kid's acting up, your kids, not my kids, all right? Your kids, all right? Handle your kids, all right? What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. They were literally going to kill him, all right? The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, the leaders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff, watch the staff, with which you struck the Nile and go. I will stand, say, I will stand. I will stand there before you by the rock. Let me tell you somebody, ooh, it's the fill of the Spirit. The Lord is with you right now. Some of you are wondering, where is God in my problems? And, and it might seem like God is nowhere to be found. I'll be preaching about that. But God is standing right next to you. God, I pray that God will reveal himself in the issues that we're facing. It, uh, it says this, I will stand there before you by the rock at Oreb. Strike the rock and water. Say water. Water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the place Massah. Say Massah. And Meribah. Say Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and, be, and, and because they tested, say tested, because they tested the Lord. Watch this now. They tested the Lord and they said this, is the Lord among us or not? Let's go ahead and take a seat as we bow down for prayer. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Excuse me. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would enlighten us this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would Give us new perspective and fresh thinking. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you would remove the distractions and feed us from your word, God. We need your word. It satisfies our soul. I think of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who are thirsty uh, 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 for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this amazing church. And surely it's you. It's not just the team. It's not me. Father, we're grateful that you are at work in this place, God. And we praise you and we bless you. And we see, God, that in the future you're, continue, you're going to continue to do mighty and amazing things in our lives, Father. We bless you and we're grateful to be with each other this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Awesome. It's so great to see you. I'm so happy to be on the pulpit again preaching to you. I've been studying in my devotion in Exodus chapter 17. And for a, for, for, for a few days, um, or actually weeks I've been in this, God had shared with me, I want you to preach this. And I said, God, what do, you, what do you want me to preach out of it? And I've been studying and studying and excavating the text. And I believe that God has a fresh word for you this morning. So the title of my message this morning is called Water in Dry Places. Can you say it with me? Say water in dry places. Now, I don't know what you're going through in your life, but sometimes life can seem a little bit dry. Do you know what I'm saying? Do, are you going through a dry spell in your life? Is your marriage dry? Oh, come on, somebody. Is your life dry? Is your thinking dry? Is your, how about this? Sometimes we're, create, we're creative people. Sometimes our creativity runs dry. And you know that we, are, we can be anointed people given the Holy Spirit, but sometimes if we're not careful, our our anointing can run dry. Do you know what I'm saying? All right. How about this? The driest place on earth is in Chile. Say Chile. All right. 
I was going to say Chile, but that don't sound right. You know what I'm saying? It's because I'm brown too. So Chile, all right? And there's a place in Chile called uh, the Atacama Desert, all right? And there's hardly any moisture in the Atacama Desert, all right? It's in Chile, and the desert is about 600 miles long. It's a big desert, and it's very arid. It's very almost barren, there, although it is very, very dry. In fact, there are some places in the Atacama Atacama Desert, where there is no record of rain ever. It is so dry in this desert that that NASA has sent uh, their Viking 1 and Viking 2, and I believe their Mars rover. It's so dry, they said, we can perfectly test this landscape for Mars because it may seem so dry like Mars. And they're testing to see if there's any water. In fact, I just went to JPL not too long ago, and they believed that there was life on Mars. That, That raises so many more questions. They believed that there was water, and they can explain it's pretty amazing, all right? So this, this dr- desert is very, very dry. And it's, uh, there's actually some mountain peaks and some mountains that are 20,000 feet, 20, feet high. But because of its location and it's so dry, there's never no snow or moisture on those mountain peaks, all right? It is so dry there. And you know what? I, I, I was studying for the message and talking about uh, and studied in preparation of dry or deserts. Do you know that there is some actual forms of life that can actually thrive in dry weather. Do you know what I'm saying? Watch this. There's some actual life that can actually thrive in dry places, all right, in dry deserts. One of those things that actually do very, very well in the desert, all right, is cacti. Come on, somebody. It's cactus. Actually, cactus, you can't put a cactus in the tropics, if you will, all right? I'm just going on a a loop on that, but I believe not, all right? But I have seen some cactus thrive in some dry places in life. And they say, scientists say, why do they thrive? Or how do they thrive? They thrive because they're good at retaining water. They have cells that actually retain great amounts of water. In fact, they only retain water, but their skin protects uh, itself from releasing the moisture from the sun. So I believe that we ought to learn from the cactus in our spiritual lives. That we need to retain the things of God and what he's done in our life and the dry places of life. All right, And we also got to protect that moisture that God gives us in our life. What do I mean by this? In the context of this passage, Israel is very young in their stage of journeying from Egypt. God had just delivered one, or actually almost two million Israelites from the land of Egypt, and, uh, uh, which is quite amazing. Israel walked through a Red Sea. Come on, y'all. They walked through a Red Sea. God defeated the armies of Egypt. God defeated the superpower, their chariots, their wisdom, their wise men, their pharaoh, their demigod. God had unleashed the wonders of heaven, all right, because of his children, because he loves them, and because they are not called to slavery, and they're not called to their bonds. They're called to a life of freedom. And as you can see, it makes me emotional and quite passionate because God has called you, Christian, to the life of freedom. God has called you to a land of living water, a land of promise, a land of fruitfulness, and not a land of slavery. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you listening? There is more in store. Thank you for the, I love you, all right? Seriously, it makes me passionate because I'm walking this thing out. The other day I asked a brother, I went to, to for lunch with some friends of, of mine from church, and it's been awesome getting to know. I said, man, they're, they're finally exploring their faith. And I said, man, what's the most exciting thing for you? And what's the most hard thing for you? 
He said, man, I love church and I love, I love you know, the energy. But he said, and he said well, well, the hardest part is walking this thing out. <laughs> and I kind of chuckled in my, in my mind and, and with him. He said, man, I, I'm a pastor, man. And walking this thing out is hard too, right? For That is the, the life of a Christian is walking this thing out. But let me tell you, they question Moses. And they say, why did you take us out of Egypt? We say, and in fact, the context of this, in Exodus chapter 15, chapter 16, and chapter 17, they constantly are testing God when God is testing them. Come on, somebody. God is trying to get them to see the promise, but they keep seeing the land of slavery. They keep seeing the things the way things were before. They would say things like, God, what, or Moses, why did you take us out of Egypt? We used to be around pots of meat, and we had all we wanted anytime we wanted, three square meals a day. Now you take us out of Egypt and we're thirsty and we're parched. What are you doing? God's not with us. Oh, come on, somebody. So I want to inspire you this morning that you can live a life of freedom, that you can inherit every promise in the scriptures, that you can be a somebody in the name of Jesus, that you are worthy of all the promises that God speaks over your life, that you are from above and not below. You are the head and not the tail. You are blessed and you are never cursed. God is for you and not against you. God is not over there. He's right here. Oh, come on, somebody. He's with you. You guys out there this morning. All right, so they constantly are questioning God. And much almost called this message about talking about tests because they constantly tested God. And in fact, they could not see or realize that God was the one to test them. Do you know what's a sin in the Bible? The New Testament would say, do not, or actually in the Old Testament, do not te- or test the Lord your God. All right? Do not put him to the test. It's a dreadful thing, the Bible says, to be in the hands of the Lord. Oh, God is a God of wrath too. And and, and it's a dreadful thing to be in his wrath. God has judged the world once, the whole world. And that was in the times of Noah. And let me tell you, only Noah and his family were spared. right? But he doesn't bring about wrath because he's an unjust God, because he's an evil God, but because he's a righteous God. And he knows that wrath will ultimately bring out a better good. Do you know what I'm saying? All right. So he's constantly testing them. He's testing. The first test was in uh, chapter 15, where they come across water, and they were thirsty for three days. Can you imagine no water for three days? We can't even imagine Netflix for three days. You know what I'm saying? All right. In fact, watch this. They came across a body of water. In fact, some of them tried it, and it was bitter. And they said, Moses, this water's bitter. We can't drink this. And God delivered. He said, you know what? Throw, Throw a piece of wood in there, and the wood made it sweet. So they named that place, all right, and the water became sweet. But they failed to realize who their provider is. All right, then they came to another place in Exodus chapter 16, all right, and they got tired. They said, man, we want meat, man, we're, we, we're hungry. We had all the meat that we had in Egypt. Why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you getting us uncomfortable? And, and God was kind of like, man, I'm, I'm testing them. I want them to see that it's me ultimately that is their resource. I am their king. I am their shepherd king. I am their provider. I want them to see me in the midst of a dry, barren land. I want them to see me in the midst of a dry desert because I am the only rock on which they can stand that will satisfy every thirst, that will satisfy every need and every desire. Church, what are you going through this morning? I want to just let you know that if you stand on the solid rock of Christ, you will have water in every season and you will be fruitful in every season. I declare that in your life. In the dry seasons, in the winter seasons, in the flood seasons. In fact, I knew God told me to preach this today because of a little precipitation there, if you know what I'm saying. All right? All right? So I, I want you to teach you this morning that money is not your resource. That drugs are not your resource. Even that, 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 boy, that boyfriend, Jose, you know what I'm saying? It is not your resource. 
all right, uh, or the girlfriend. People are, are awesome and amazing, but ultimately God is your resource on which you stand. Let me tell you, life can, can, can hit hard sometimes, if you know what I'm saying. Life can hit your marriage sometimes. Life can hit your kids sometimes. Life can hit you right here between the ears sometimes, and it can be hell right here. But let me tell you, there's nothing in your life that will be as solid as a foundation as the rock of Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. Nothing. Nothing is going to be solid than him. Nothing. Not money, not fame, not fortune, not, not fortune. Not how many times you record yourself on Instagram stories. None of that, all right? All right? Only Christ Jesus is a solid foundation. In fact, it says this. Watch this. I have this for the screen. I was going to share it later. But it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 9b. It says, for they drink. This is Paul talking about the Israelites. He says this. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Right? Christ was preeminent. Christ was always there. Even though he's revealed on Christmas Day in the Gospels, Jesus Christ, let me tell you, theologically, has always been around. When God said, in the beginning, let there be light, Jesus is the word. He was preeminent. He created all, all, all of everything, the universe. The Bible says we live and have our move and have our being in him, all right? So, so I want to teach you this morning, when it comes to testing, let me tell you, God, God will test you. God will test you. It's very quiet, and that's okay. Let me, let me just differentiate here a little bit. God will never tempt you. God will never tempt you. What does that mean? God, tempting means to pull away. That's why Satan tempts us, because he wants to pull you away from God. That, he, wants to, he wants to tear what God has for you right here away from you. He wants you to think, I'm, not, I, I'm made for Egypt. I'm not made for the promise. I, I'm made for bonds and slavery. I'm meant to be fed. I'm not, to, I'm not meant to till my own ground and have my own land, right? That's what the enemy, he tries to tear us away. So God doesn't tempt us because God loves you so much, he would never want to be torn apart from you. Oh, come on, somebody. I love my daughter so much. You got to kill me, homie, to get me away from my daughter. You know what I'm saying? That's the same thing with God. In fact, watch this. He did die for you so you can be more united with you. Oh, come on, somebody. Isn't that good? All right? So God will never tempt you, or God uh, will never taunt you. And I'll be honest with you. Growing up, I used to taunt my sisters, homie. You know what I'm saying? I used to put on the screen mask and scare them in the middle of the night. I used to taunt them just because I got a kick out of it, all right? Now, I got to be careful now, all right, because my wife do, does not like that at all. Don't scare me, all right? She'll slap me in the face with a chancla or something, all right? She, no, don't do that, all right? And it, and it gets really dark in our neighborhood. And so, like, no, don't do it. Let me tell you, God is not a punk. God is not a bully. God loves his people so much that he will test us. And you say, Pastor Michael, I don't want no test. Why do I have to? Why does God test me? Because watch this. A test that can, uh, uh, watch this. A faith that cannot be tested. Uh, I'm totally butchering my notes now. I, I thought I remembered it, but I didn't, all right? Uh, uh, uh. Where did, I think, do I have it for the screen? A faith that, watch this, a faith cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Watch this. A faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. Oh, and that's so good. You know why? Because God, thank you, Pastor Ronnie, because God loves you so much. 
If you cannot handle the wilderness, you cannot handle the promise. Oh, come on, somebody. If you cannot handle what's going on in the dry season of life, how in, Israel, or how in the world are you going to take out giants in the promised land? How in the world, when you become, develop as a nation, are you, are you going to conquer the Malachites? How are, you going to talk, how are you going to conquer the Perizzites and all the other ites? Do you know what I'm saying? So I need to mature you this season of your life so that you can inherit every promise that I've ever made. Because watch this. The dreams that God has for you can actually crush you if you're not ready for it. Oh, come on, somebody. God wants to develop your character and your perseverance and your growth, all right? And so, so they constantly are failing the test. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't like tests, all right? I was never good at tests in some regards. I had chemistry growing up. And when you put science and math together, oh, my God, I'm a faint, okay? I'm not good at it, all right? I, I mean, I struggle with chemistry. How many, how many struggle with, well, if you're comfortable, I struggled with chemistry, man. I struggled, all right? I dreaded chemistry class, man. I was like, God, no. I just want to play baseball, man. I'll, I'll get away with the D. I'm cool with that, all right? But, uh, hey, homie, what's the password? What's the password? What's the, what's the answer, all right? But let me, let me tell you, all right? God wants you to pass the test. He wants you to pass the test. Because what tests do is it proves uh, that you can go on to the next level. And watch this. We need to pass a driver's test Right? So we can go out there and drive. You know what I'm saying? All right? And if we don't pass the driver's test, they won't license us to go out there and drive. In other words, God wants to license you for the great things that he has for your life, but he will not give you that license if you cannot pass the test. Oh, come on, somebody. And I, don't, I know there's some, there's some ladies in the house who want to get married. How, how many ladies here you want to get married one day? All right, come on, somebody. I, I know that you, <laughs> that was very cute of you guys. You were like, Girls, you need to be raising your hand up, all right? Hey, I'm free. There's about four of you. You were like, right here. <laughs> that was, that was kind of cute, actually. All right? Hey, it's all the single people meet up at the front after service, all right? <laughs> hey, I know for you ladies that want to get married, you would, not, you would divorce a man, all right, if you found out that your diamond wasn't tested and it was fake. Oh, come on, somebody, all right? You know, you want a real diamond, all right? Here's a little tip I, my, in, in pursuit of my sermon research. In fact, if you, put a, if you fill up a glass of water and you dunk your diamond in that water, if it's a floaty, it's fake, all right? All right? If, if you put it in, oh, there goes my Bible, all right? If you put it in there and it sinks, that means it's real because it has some weight to it, all right? But God believes in tests. God believes in tests. Yes, my Bible's coming apart, and in fact, it sounds so religious, but I read it a lot, and it's, I got the book of Genesis right here. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, but God believes in tests, and I believe in tests. I do believe in tests. Now that I'm matured and I've grown up, I do believe in tests. You know why? Because I want my pilot to pass his pilot's test. I want the person driving my car to pass the licensing test. I, want the, I had surgery two years ago. I want my surgeon to pass their surgeon's test. Come on, somebody. And their medical exams. Come on, someone. You out there. I want whoever I'm entrusting my life to to pass their test. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I went to go into theology school. I failed about three I'm just kidding. I, was, I, I thought about shit. I failed three times. No, I, I didn't fail. In fact, I passed all my tests with flying colors. Why? Because I take it seriously, and I want to inherit everything that God has for me, and I want to be the preacher that God has called me to be, and I want to study the Word because it's so amazing. Come on, somebody. In fact, God believes in tests, and what tests do, it proves your ability to go on to the next level, all right? And God is saying, Israel, I love you, I love you, I love you. Why are you thirsty for water and just for water? I understand that thirst, and that's significant to your biology, but come on, you need to be thirsty after me, your God who's delivered you, who sustained you, 
you who who proven himself again and again. And that's what they're doing again. They say, what they're essentially saying in this word is saying, why do you put me to the test? They're saying, you're asking me to prove myself again and again. And let me tell you the grace of God, he will do it. He will prove himself again and again and again and again and again. But watch this. There comes a point where God starts knocking on your heart. says, do you trust me? Do you trust me? I'm going to share something with you right now. You know, following my calling and being a pastor is amazing and it's hard. A few months from now, we're hoping to sign another contract. Now, I want this not to fear, make you fearful, okay? When a few months from now, we are hopefully going to sign another contract to stay at this location, all right? And we're making arrangements and we're making plans and I met with real estate agents and so forth. But let me tell you. I have complete trust in God the Father and what he's doing in this church that I don't have to dread and fear that we're not going to be nowhere. Oh, come on, somebody. I believe that God has provided. This is our second location because God has provided time and time again. Guess what he's going to do? God, I'm thirsty, but I'm thirsty for you more than I am for the resource because I'm putting my trust in you and you're surely going to guide this church. You're not going to, disti- you're not going to diminish what you're doing here. Oh, come on. Yes, talking about temptation. The devil wants to put that fear in your mind to make you think, oh, God's not going to show up. Oh, come on, somebody. God is surely going to show up. You know the other thing that tests do? Tests, metal workers know this, when they're testing metal. Uh, 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 tests also uh, 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 test the quality of something, the genuineness of something. Are the ingredients of that metal real? Oh, come on. Are the ingredients going to be supportive? Are the ingredients going to be stable, right? So what God wants to do, that's why I said earlier, a faith that cannot be tested is a faith that cannot be trusted. So when we go through dry times in our life, there can be obstacles in our life, in those dry seasons of our life. And what God is doing is he's testing the ingredients of our faith. Oh, come on, somebody. Are we going to fall apart? Are we going to pray and be strong in the spirit and say, God, my God is with me. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. And my ingredients are 100% before you, God. I'm not going to fall apart in this obstacle. Oh, come on, somebody. You out there. In fact, I have this for the screen. It says this. It says this. Uh, or where is it at? My notes are all over the place. Okay, watch this. Obstacles are not God's reject. Watch this. We take dry seasons a lot as obstacles in our life. God, you're not with me. God, you're not for me. Watch this. Obstacles are not God's rejection, somebody. Obstacles are not God's rejection. They are opportunities for spiritual direction. Oh, come on, somebody. Obstacles are not God's rejection. What what Satan will do in that opportunity is he'll try to pull you away from God. And that's exactly what's happening here as they're journeying to the promised land. God's not with us. Are you kidding? To me in my heart, when I read that, it makes my heart sink low because they really are at a bad place spiritually. How did you forget Israel? How, do you remember? I, I, I mean, in my mind, as I prepare, sometimes I, I, almost like an actor, I put myself in their shoes. I think, Israel, Israel, did you forget what it felt like to walk through the Red Sea? Israel, did you forget what it felt like to see Pharaoh's armies defeated? Israel, did you forget when that water tasted bitter, how sweet that water tasted? Oh, Israel, did you forget? And they're constantly forgetting and using those opportunities as challenges and seeing that God is not with them when, in fact, God is standing right beside them. Oh, come on, who am I speaking to this morning? What are you going through this morning? Are you going through something in your marriage? Are you going through something emotionally in your stress, in your pain, 
and your finances. God is standing. God is not far from you. God is standing right next to you. Obstacles are not God's rejection, but they are opportunities for spiritual direction in your life. Oh, come on, someone, you out there. All right. I want you to change your thinking this morning. Because obstacles, watch this in James. I'm giving you good teaching right here. James chapter 1, it says this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters. When you face trials, and the, Hebrew, or the Greek word for trials can interchange with tests. When you face trials or tests of many kinds because you know that the testing, say testing. Wow, isn't that interesting? That the testing of your faith, what does it do? It develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work. So in other words, what God is doing through the obstacle in your life is God is working. Oh, come on. God's not far from you. He's working. Watch this, and I'll continue to read it on. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may mature. Say mature. And complete, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. So watch this, church. What if we see our, cha- our, our obstacles not as God is not with me, but God is with me, and he's working inside of me. He's growing my faith muscles. He's making me a better man. He's making me a better woman. He's making me a better wife. He's making me a better co-laborer with Christ. He's making me a better co-worker. He's making me a better boss. Oh, come on, somebody. What if instead of crumbling under the pressure, you know diamonds are made under high pressure. Diamonds are made, right? Not only just with high, pre- high temperature, but high pressure. Sometimes we collapse under the pressure because we start to listen to the devil and our stinking thinking and say, God's not with me. In fact, when that very pressure is making us something beautiful. Oh, come on, somebody. God is making our faith so beautiful to inherit all the promises that are for us in Jesus' name, all right? And watch this. Uh, they, say, they say something so critically here that just hurts my heart. It says, but the people were thirsty for water. And let me just share with you this morning, this right now, for those of us who may serve, be serving Christ, maybe following Christ for a long time, maybe, not, maybe we're new to the faith, we can still be thirsty as a Christian. You can still be thirsty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But let me tell you, the goodness of Christ Jesus is that he wants to be the only thirst quencher in your life. He doesn't want sin. We know why we do sin? Because we're quenching thirst. We're quenching thirst. We're quenching hurt. God, I want to deal with that obstacle. So I'm going to drink so I don't have to deal with that. You see that? And before, we're hooked. But let me tell you, through the obstacle, God wants you to tap the rock of Christ and see living water come out of that for your life. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you thirsty for joy? Are you thirsty for love? Are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Are you thirsty for making a difference in your life? Are you thirsty for hope? Are you thirsty for this? Are you thirsty for that? Only Christ can satisfy every quench that we have. He is the living water. Amen. Somebody out there, it says this in John chapter 19. Watch this. Uh, 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 or John chapter 7. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. I love that. If anyone is thirsty at the calling church, let him come to Jesus and come and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within. Oh, I love that. When we accept the person of Christ and we see that he's with us every step of the journey, all right, he will provide always and always and always. And I want to give you the secret, all right? When we go through challenges, you say, Pastor Michael, how do I consider it pure joy 
when I go through trials and testing. I mean, do I just smile, fake it, and don't do that? You look like a psycho, okay? All right? That's crazy. It's psychotic. But God is saying spiritually consider it pure joy. In other words, instead of considering the issues, considering the obstacles, consider what are we going to do in the finances? Hey, choose this mindset. God is with me. I dare you to believe. How about this, church? Oh, I dare you to do this. I, I feel the Spirit telling me to tell someone this this morning. This is something I do, all right? I try to do. And I, I on a double dog dare you in faith that when you're going through obstacles in your life and you're thirsty and you're parched and it seems barren in your life, I want you to speak the word of faith over your situation and see that water will come out of the obstacle, that God will provide his way through the obstacle that you're in. Oh, God will provide a building. Oh, God is going to provide an amazing edifice for this church. Oh, God is going to make a way in the valley. Oh, God is going to provide water when there is no, seemingly no dry, dry places. There is dry places. God, you are going to heal my marriage. God, you are going to sober me up. God, I'm going to go to church every Sunday, even if I don't feel like it, because I need to be in your present. Oh, come on, somebody. You out there. I dare you to speak the word of faith. I dare you to speak the word of faith. You know, God, I'm single right now. God, I've been wanting to meet that somebody. But God, instead of waiting for the right one, God, I'm going to be the right one. Come on, somebody. All right. God, I speak the word of faith over my church. Do you know, church, how many times, like Moses, I, I don't mean to be all this and that, but I pray for you. I stand in the gap for you. I tell my, I tell my God about you, but God, they are going to be sober. God, they are, their shackles are coming done. God, I hear them being broken in the name of Jesus. God, they are, their families are going to complete, be complete. God, they're going to bring their husbands to church one day. They're going to serve the church. Amen. I dare you to speak the word of faith of where you're at this morning. That's how your life, that's how the devil's like, I got to bounce off this homie because he's, he's something else, all right? That he'll back up off of you. You know what I'm saying? Or this homegirl, all right? That's using faith. That's what I'll be talking about prayer, all right? You need to use faith. You know, here's another thing, and, I, and my wife completely warned me, all right? The coronavirus, all right? By the way, I went out yesterday. Usually I, on Saturdays, I'm like hunkered down. I'm not out because I'm studying with God, and I'm just very, you know, preparing. But yesterday I went out. I mean, everybody was out. I was like, anybody scared? Uh, it's, it seemed like people were scared. But every time I watch the news, it's very fear-based. It's very, it's an, they say, and, and they, may, they may be the facts. It's inevitable. It will happen, this and that. But let me tell you, church, you have a God in heaven who loves you, who will protect you. You are a somebody. You don't have to give in to the fear. The, but it does not mean to not protect yourself. That's what I want to say. All right? It does not mean that you don't just... Not use hand sanitizer. You know what I'm saying? Or wash your hands for 20 seconds, they say, all right? Take the precautions. But we are a people of God, and sickness shall not touch you. I've been praying for your families. It will not touch you in the name of Jesus. Speak the word of faith in your situation, and see how God will be that rock that will flow from within you. All right, man? And as I wrap up, I have, I have two things I want to share with you. In the New Testament, Paul is an amazing apostle. In fact, the book of Philippians is a book about joy and quite, quite amazing. Paul is in prison, all right? Some of us may have been in prison in our life. My dad has been in prison. My mom has been in prison. In fact, it's funny, growing up, my dad, my dad would meet Jesus every time in prison. You know what I'm saying? All right? I'm glad he did, all right? I'm glad he, people do find Jesus in prison. But Paul's in prison because of the gospel. He said, this is the chains I have. They lock me up. The devil is trying to lock him up and stop him. But watch, watch this. Watch what he says. He sees his obstacles as opportunities, not as challenges. Let me say that again. He sees his obstacles as opportunities, 
not as challenges. Watch this. It says, I have learned, 411 through 13, I have learned, say learn. I have learned to be content. Say content. Content whatever the circumstances, whatever I'm going through, I know God is standing with me. I know what is to be in need. He's saying this. I know what's to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret. What's the secret, Paul? Of being, of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Let me tell you, how are you going to hunker down in that marriage? Christ. How are you going to become sober? Christ. How are you going to deal with that boss? Christ. How are you going to have a better mental capacity thought? Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am content in every season of my life. Amen. And, and the last thing I want to share with you is this. Watch this. Watch the symbolism here. That's so powerful and unique. Theologians debate about this all the time. But it says this in, uh, uh, in John chapter 19, a preparation of the message. Watch this. It says, when this is now Jesus hanging on the cross. He's hanging on the cross. He's about to die. Oh, actually, no, excuse me. He's already died at this point. And watch what happens. It says, but when they came to Jesus, all right, talking about the, the Roman soldiers, they were looking at the three. There's three people that died, or Jesus was one of three that died on the cross. But in preparation for Passover, they believed, the Jewish people believed, hey, we don't want crosses hanging up, or we don't want people on crosses. All right, so we want you to take the bodies down, and this is what happened. Watch this. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, Jesus was di- had died already, um, they did not break his legs. Instead of, uh, so what they did with the other men, because they were still alive, now, this just shows you the, the cruelty of the cross. They, the other two men, besides Jesus, Jesus was in the middle, they actually, because they were still alive, they actually broke their legs. On, like if they're not suffering enough on the cross, they broke their legs. All right, and brought them down. But watch this. Jesus was already dead, and they already had seen that uh, since he was dead, they were not going to break his legs. And watch this. They did not break his legs. Instead, say instead. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced. They had a, you know, they had a lance. So what he did is he pierced the side of Jesus with a spear. And watch this. Oh, watch this. He pierced the side of Jesus, and the soldier, what he saw was a flow of blood and a flow of water. Wow. Wow. And some theologians debate, well, you know, his heart kind of, his heart kind of exploded and, and there were some medical issues and that's why what had happened, water was, but I believe that John, the apostle, when he wrote this gospel, was saying, he is the spiritual rock on which we stand. He is the supply that don't run dry. Come on, somebody. Blood and water. Why blood? Because of communion. Because we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And why water? Because we're baptized under the teachings and the authority of the scripture and of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And why water? Because he's the supply that will never run dry. And he quenches every thirst that I have. Let's, can I have every person stand up right now in this moment as we pray and get on out of here? Father, we just thank you so much. God, we just bless you. God, I pray that you would satisfy our souls with rivers of peace. Quench our thirst this morning. God, reveal yourself in the obstacle. God, we know that you're not over there. God, you're right here. God, you're right here in the marriage. God, you're right here in the stress. Father, I speak faith in the name of Jesus over my church and this body that instead of worrying and instead of fear-mongering and instead of stressing, that they will speak the word of faith, God over their life and see their blood pressure go down and see their health stabilized and see that they're being tested and approved to move on to the next stage of their promise, Lord. I'm so grateful and I'm so proud of this church 
for them pressing forward and leaning in, God. I pray that, that you will give them the streams of living water, as you say in John. And that streams of living water, Lord, ultimately is the Holy Spirit. And I pray, God, that you would so just baptize them in the Spirit, that they would walk with you, listen to you, be Spirit-filled, Father, because that's how we live this life. I bless you, Lord, and I bless these people that they will not be parched, that they will not be barren, that they will not be unfruitful, but they will be fruitful in this season of their life. And even through the obstacle, they're going to stand on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and be productive in and through and in and through, Father, because you are surely with them. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to the Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, the Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.